Driven mofos, I'm guessing that you found out about this podcast because someone shared it with you, posted it on their Insta stories, tweeted it, or something like that. I hope you're enjoying the podcast and getting a heap of value from it, just like those who shared it with you. As you know, I don't run any paid ads or sponsorship on this podcast, as it's my goal to get good information out to the world for free. The only thing that I'd ask from you is that you continue to pay it forward by sharing this episode and letting others know about what we do in this podcast so that we can keep growing this amazing community of driven mofos. So please keep the good karma rolling and share this episode with someone or just share it on your socials. So today I'm going to be firing through five questions from the community members. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is for the driven mofos out there who are driven to achieve more in life and business. After studying 1,457 of the world's most successful people in different fields and spending over $1 million on coaches, consultants, and seminars, I wanted to share with you the key learnings, lessons, tips, tools, and strategies that have not only made them super successful, but have also allowed me to go from the kid who was put into special classes, getting kicked out of school and wanting to end my life, to becoming the mental performance coach to some of the country's most successful people and helping me to grow multiple businesses. I want to help all of those out there who have been underestimated to prove their doubt is wrong and to help them to achieve more than they could possibly imagine. I hope you enjoy. In this episode, I'm going to be answering five questions that have come from the community across our social media platforms. So thank you for those of you who have asked these questions. I'm going to be answering them. Some of them are going to be probably a bit crazy, but we'll see how we go. Driven mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Let's get into it. Today, I've got five questions from you guys, the community members. So these are five questions that my team have put together and they have wanted me to answer them. Some of them, I don't know how I'm going to answer these, but we'll see how we go. So let's get into it. So question number one, the first question is, what's your relationship like with your family? Pretty good. My family's awesome. Like we get along well, but we also have our arguments. We have our frustrations. We have our challenging conversations. I think when I was younger, my relationship with my mum wasn't the best. We used to clash, and that's probably because we're very much alike. She's very driven. I'm very driven. She's very strong-minded. I'm very strong-minded. I think when she was younger and had me at 17 years of age in a Catholic family, it probably put a lot of pressure on her, and she felt like she had to achieve a lot. I'm the same. You know, I got pressure from her to achieve a lot, and that put a lot of pressure on me as well, a lot of stress. So we used to have quite a lot of heated arguments when I was quite young and living at home. I never really liked her growing up. We'd have times where we'd get along, but not many of them. The majority of my memories from probably 22 and below were us arguing a lot, fighting a lot, yelling at each other a lot, screaming. It wasn't really a good quality, healthy relationship, that's for sure. But it did teach me a lot about myself. It made me who I am today, so I would never change it. But these days, I also know exactly what my mum was going through back then. She had a lot of pressure on herself. She was probably trying to prove her own worth. You know, she was a 17-year-old kid that had a child, essentially. Like, there was a lot of pressure. My dad's pretty chilled. He's pretty relaxed. He just goes with the flow. Whereas mum is highly strung, highly driven. And my parents are financially independent now. They get to travel. They get to do some great things. And I think a lot of that is because of my mum. My dad works extremely hard, so I've got my work ethic from my dad, who just grinds and works hard. But I also have my adaptability, my ability to think through things, my ability to not take no for an answer, my ability to not put up with people's shit. That all came from my mum. If my mum didn't challenge me as much as what she challenged me as a child, I don't think I would be who I am today. I have a great relationship with my parents. I just see them as they are. Like I don't expect them to be any different than they are. I just appreciate them for who they are. The same with my sister as well. 
My sister's a great mother to my niece and nephew, Jordan and Ella, and a great wife to my brother-in-law, Luke. And they have a great family. They travel. They seem to live their values quite a lot. Her life revolves around a lot of her friendship circles, the family. She's very social. We get along really, really well. But we don't spend a lot of time with each other, the same as with my parents. Like I speak to my mum once a week. My dad will probably just randomly call me like every three to four weeks just to have a random chat. Both my parents are still together. So, you know, like we do catch up for dinner maybe once a month. That's sort of all I need in order to feel loved and to feel appreciated. And I think for my parents as well, like they could only handle my intensity and my energy and my fucking craziness for a small amount of time. So I think once a month's good. Whereas I think they catch up a little bit more with my sister and my niece and nephew a lot more as well, because obviously they're grandparents and they like to see the youngins. Whereas I don't need that for my family, I don't think. I spend a lot of time with Jess, but I don't really spend a lot of time with my family and I just do my thing. And I've been a bit of a lone warrior most of my life. When I was younger, I wanted to fit in and try to be liked by everybody. Now I think more people want to hang out with me and do shit with me, but I just don't have the time to do it. I'm mission driven. I'm just doing my thing. That's my relationship. So yeah, my relationship's great with my family. Like I really enjoy it, but I think it's the same as most family dynamics. You know, we have our moments, you know, it's very loving and I know if I need anything from my parents, I'll always be there and the same as my sister as well. And I'll always be there for them as well. But in saying that as well, like there's only so much of them I can handle and there's probably less of me that they can handle. We just sort of know our sweet spot of how much time we need to spend with each other. All right. What's the one thing you regret the most? Okay, I don't really have regret. That's a hard one because a lot of the work that I teach at Thrive Time and that I teach a lot about mental performance and things like that is that you've got to go and find the benefits in those moments to both yourself and others. And the things that I've done in the past that I used to be ashamed of or used to have regret about, I went back and realized that it's made me who I am today and it's made me stronger or a better person or it's taught the people that I've done things to that maybe I used to feel guilty about that they actually got benefits from those things. You know, I think I've gone back and dealt with a lot of that stuff. I think holding on to regret is very damaging and very toxic for a person's mind. And a lot of the people that I've come across over the years through our events have had a lot of guilt or a lot of shame or a lot of resentment. And all of those things seem to stop a person from being themselves and being great. You know, you probably all heard the analogy that, you know, anger is like holding on to a hot coal and expecting to throw it at somebody else, but it burns you the most. I think regret is a lot like that as well, where it destroys you from the inside out. It's not a great place to be. And I would say that for anyone who's listening to this, if there are things that you regret, go back and look and write down as many benefits as you can until that is completely neutralized. Don't do it and just get one or two benefits. Get them until they are completely neutral. So there have been times in my past where I've done the wrong thing by somebody. And I know that I've done the wrong thing. But when I go back and I look at it and I look at how it benefited me in that moment, I realized that I learned a lot about myself, that I've become a better person because of that. I've become more aware as an individual in how I treat others. And so it's made me who I am today. And I wouldn't be the person that I am without that self-awareness and without that learning and without that pain. Also to the people that maybe I've done things to that have been perceived as the wrong things. and may have been the wrong things. When I go and look at the benefits to them, maybe I was the wrong person that they were hanging out with. Maybe they were expecting too much from me or expecting something was outside of my values. Maybe it gave them clarity on my values and maybe it helped me to create clarity on my values. All of this stuff helps you to live a better life. Like I don't think anyone wakes up in the morning really if you're sort of mentally stable and you go out to hurt people or you go out to do the wrong thing. But like I make mistakes every day and that's part of the growth of life. I think unintelligent people that are very immature and very low in mental capacity perceive that everyone should do everything right, which is why they judge other people. 
There was a great quote, I'll have to remember it, but it's about judgment. And it's like people judge because they're not smart enough to think. And there are a lot of people who judge themselves and also judge others, but it's because they're not smart enough to think through it. And if you think through it, you realize that there are benefits and there's drawbacks to all the situations that maybe you made mistakes from in the past that make you better. And so if you learn from them, you gain that wisdom. If you don't learn from them, then you're bound to repeat them. I know it sounds stupid to some people, but I don't really regret anything because I wouldn't be where I am today without everything that I've had to go through to be where I am. That's sort of my answer to that. All right, what's your most embarrassing moment? Oh, fuck. There's nothing like talking about the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you on a podcast that, you know, probably thousands of people are going to listen to and hopefully millions over the years. But yeah, most embarrassing moment. The first one that pops to my mind is when I shat my pants as a kid. I remember being at school. I was at the water fountain. I think I was in grade one at school. Tried to slip out a nice little sneaky fart. And the next second, my pants are full of shit. <laughs> I had to go to the front office. I had to walk in there. I didn't know what to do. They gave me a fresh pair of underwear. And I think my mum got called and came pick me up from school. Maybe I got out of school that day. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I can't remember whether I had food poisoning. All I remember was that I was just at the water drinking fountain. I think I was avoiding going to class for some reason. Because I remember being on the playground by myself. I reckon that recess had finished or lunch had finished and everyone had gone back to class and I couldn't be fucked going. And so I just kept playing on the playground by myself. And then I think I walked across the water fountain, tried to slip out a nice little sneaky fart. And the next second, my pants are just absolutely full of shit. That was probably one of the most embarrassing moments. I'm sure there are plenty of adults that have done that as well. But yeah, that's definitely a embarrassing moment. Other than that, there's not too much that I don't know that I'm embarrassed by. Like I worked on a party bus where, you know, my shirt used to get ripped off most nights. So that never used to embarrass me. I don't know. I used to run around naked just for fun. Like that didn't bother me. So I don't really know that there is that much that's embarrassing. Something that embarrasses me more is when I have shit in my teeth or a snot in my nose and no one tells me about it. And then I go to the bathroom after having a one hour meeting with someone and then finding out I've got half a cabbage stuck in my tooth. That's probably more embarrassing than anything. That's probably about as far as my embarrassment goes, but that's because I guess I'm not easily embarrassed. There are probably things that if other people were caught doing what I had been doing, they would have been embarrassed. I don't think I get that embarrassed by many things these days. Get ready business owners that make under a million dollars per year. I'm getting ready to launch my brand new online dominate zero to a million dollars business hub with the goal of giving small business owners what they need to grow their business past their first million dollars with the tips, the tools, the processes, the frameworks, and the trainings to scale their business past the first million dollars without wasting years and millions of dollars like I did with all the trials, errors, and mistakes that cost me. This will give those of you out there wanting to make your first million dollars the fast track to scaling your business. Stay tuned for the launch. All right, we've got two more questions to go. How does Jess feel about you openly talking about her and your relationship? She doesn't mind it. I think she isn't ashamed of the things that we go through. And when I used to talk openly about what I go through and my life, I think maybe it impacted her when I first started speaking. But these days, I think I try to be as transparent as I can because I think most people lie. And I'm not saying that I'm walking on water. I'm definitely no Jesus or I'm no one to look up to. That's for sure. Like, I don't like when people look up to me or anything like that, because I'm no better than anybody else. I'm just a normal person just trying to live my life. I just have an extremely good skill set at a couple of things. One of them being human behavior, one of them, I guess, being business and I guess, you know, learning, teaching, coaching, really my high values, connecting with people. Like when I look at it, my life, I'm very, very skilled in my top three or four highest values. Outside of that, I'm pretty shit at most things. And I think everybody's like that. Every human is really good at their top couple of values and the rest of the things that they try and commit to, they're really crap at and they'll fail at. So that's why I teach what I teach. I try to be as transparent as I can because I think entrepreneurship is extremely hard. I think trying to do anything well in life is extremely hard. And I think you make a lot of mistakes. 
There are a lot of failures. There is a lot of pressure. There's a lot of challenge. And I think that the world needs someone who's a bit more transparent about this. I think there are a lot of bullshit and lies and stuff on social media about what it really takes. You know, I see all these fake entrepreneurs out there saying, you know, I'm only working two hours a week and, you know, I'm making X amount of dollars per week. Just sign up to this thing and I'll teach you how to do it. Probably one out of every million people who do something like that will probably be good at it. And the rest of the 999,999 people are probably going to just lose money. There's a lot of fake sort of shit in there. And when it comes to relationships, like it's hard enough having an intimate relationship where as a couple, you support each other. Like that is very unique. Not saying that there aren't a lot of people out there who are like it. I'm just as a whole it's fairly unique. And Jess and I have been together now for 13 years. We've been married for three coming up four. We were together for nine years before we got married. And I think seven before we got engaged. We just sort of did what we wanted to do. Like even our wedding, our wedding, we just did what we wanted to do. We didn't let cultural norms. We didn't do a first dance. We didn't invite people. We didn't want to be there. Like there are a few of our family members where they said, you know, oh, this person should be invited. And we just went, nah. If we don't hang out with them all the time, then they're not fucking coming. Like, I just want it to be a celebration of our relationship. I don't really give a shit whether people are upset. I don't care. Like, that's on them, not us. This is our day. This is how we want to do it. So we've always been quite unique in the way we've been in our relationship. You know, I guess my family pressured me when I was younger to get married. And had I got married to one of the people that they wanted me to get married to when I was younger, actually, they didn't really pressure me that much. But, you know, it would come up in my early 20s. If I'd married that person, I would have been fucking miserable and trapped in a relationship that didn't work. So, you know, I've just always gone with the flow with that stuff. Like if it's not the right place or the right time, then I'm not going to force it. Maybe it's because when I was younger and went through school, I just realized that I couldn't make anyone else happy. The only thing that I could do was make myself happy. Well, that's what I thought back in the day. I wouldn't use that language now. If you've listened to these podcasts before, I talk about that happiness is a shit metric for life. Go back and listen to that episode if you want to understand why I say that is. Probably from a young age, probably from 15 when I was going to kill myself because I just knew that I was always in trouble at school and I was in trouble at home and hated life and I was going to end it all. That was the moment that I realized that I just couldn't please everybody. And so I just stopped trying to please everybody. So, you know, when it comes to my relationship, Every day I wake up and just try to be the best version of myself that I can be. And most days I fuck that up and I fuck it up by making mistakes. I do dumb shit. But then I get a learning from that and that learning makes me wiser. And that wisdom helps me to do what I do now, which is what I love. And that's teaching and educating and coaching people. It's my highest value. I wouldn't learn as fast as what I learn if I didn't make the mistakes that I make every day. So that's how I am. Now, when I met Jess, I guess I was partying. I was running a mark and she just accepted me for me. The great thing is, is that I met a woman who loves me for me being me and I love her for her being her. You know, we definitely argue and we have our moments and shit like that, just like every couple does. But we normally communicate pretty well through it. And so there are things that I will talk about about our relationship in public. Probably 99.9% .9 of our relationship I'm happy to talk about in public. But there's certain things that I know Jess doesn't want me to talk about. And so there's just certain things that I will never say. There are certain private things that I know should rather keep private and I'll just keep them private. The same as you know, when I'm coaching people, there are things that some people want, they don't mind me talking openly about, and there's other things that they want to be kept private. You know, I respect that. So she's never really minded it. There has been a few times where it's come up in conversation, we've navigated through it, and it's been fine. Because of my job, and because of what I do with these podcasts, and with my events and stuff like that, I think that it's very important to be transparent about the challenges of having a relationship, and also having a business, and having communication challenges like we used to have, and how we navigate those. And I want to be as transparent as I can because I really care about helping business owners. I think it's an extremely tough thing to have a business. It's an even tougher thing to have a business that is successful. It's an even tougher thing to have a business that's financially successful 
that then gives independence back to the business owner. That's like unicorn shit, right? It's very, very rare. Most people be trapped in their business their whole entire life. And most people who start a business will fail eventually. So I want to help those people because we're doing something that's very challenging. And, you know, I want to be able to help. So that's why I'm transparent about those things. And I think, you know, Jess appreciates that. All right. And then the final question is, what do you do in your spare time? Well, I don't even know what the fuck spare time is because I don't have spare time. It's not something that I have spare just sitting around waiting in a closet for me to use. I don't have spare time. I fill my time up with stuff that I like to do. So I don't really have spare time, but I love training. I love exercising. I love going to the gym. I love hanging out with driven people. I love hanging out with people that I can learn from or that I can teach. I love running my events. I love learning. Like that's pretty much what I do. All my days look the same. Like what I would do in my spare time is the same thing that I would do when I'm working anyway. So that's why I'm quite lucky to have set up a lifestyle that I love. So I don't really have spare time. I just do more of the stuff that I love doing, which I do anyway and get paid for. It's pretty much the same. This is the stuff that I teach at Thrive Time, which is why if you're someone who isn't getting the results that you want in life or you don't feel like you have a life that you actually love and you're wanting spare time, and you're wanting holidays all the time, or you're wanting freedom or whatever the fuck it is, get along to Thrive Time because that event will change your life. That's how I created my life map. I built my life the way that I teach that. That's why I teach it which is that I just wake up and do what I love every day and go to bed. And there are a lot of challenges and there's shit that comes up, but I wouldn't change it because that's what I love to do. That's the challenges that I want to take on. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it. This here is my quick fire questions from the community. Thank you for all of those who keep asking me questions. I really do appreciate it. If you've got any questions that you would love me to answer on this podcast, please shoot them through on any of my social media platforms. My social media threads are normally MichaelMojo00 on any social media platform, apart from Instagram, the zeros and the O's are switched around because someone hacked my account ages ago and we just had to change the zeros and the O's. So it's Michael Mojo double zero, apart from on Instagram where it's just the zeros and the O's have changed. But you'll find me anyway. All of my accounts now are verified. You'll be able to easily find me if you just type in Michael Mojo. But please send through your questions. It gives me more stuff to talk about on the podcast. And also I know that it's helping the community. Anyway, take care, Driven Mofos. Have a great day and keep kicking massive goals. I look forward to you joining me back here once again on another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. 